Hello again. This is uh, video clip number 10 in a series of videos in the study of the first epistle of John. For whatever reason, not everyone has afforded to themselves the opportunity to be familiar with God's Word. We live in a world of many activities and responsibilities and interests, and that can work to keep us from spending time in God's Word. If you are one of these people who has not read God's Word as much as you should, I address you here, and, and I don't do it in a critical manner. I just want to bring it to mind. We should read, we should read God's Word constantly. I will be saying some things that might be obvious to many people. If that is the case, I simply ask you to bear with me. In this study where you and I are studying together, I will sometimes touch on things that you have already heard me talk about. Or rather, I might touch on some things that are boringly obvious to you. I do this for the sake of clarification and for the purpose of making sure we know exactly where we are in the Bible and in our study. So with that in mind, let's go over the word John as relates to the books or epistles that John, through the power of the Holy Spirit, authored. For example, when we look at the New Testament, we find that the book of John is the fourth book in the New Testament, following the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We can refer to this fourth book in the New Testament as the book of St. John, or like I said, the book of John, and it is as well sometimes referred to as just John. So the New Testament starts out with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These books comprise the four Gospels. The book we are studying now, the first epistle of John, is toward the back of the Bible and is followed by the second and third epistles of John. I thank you for tolerating me on that little bit of um, refreshment there, uh, going over things. And we will move on now to our study. In a previous study, we looked at verse 18 pretty thoroughly. So now let's read verse 19. First epistle of John, chapter 2, verse 19, from the King James Version. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Now, I want to read the same verse from the New International Version, and here we go. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. Looking at the first part of this verse, they went out from us, there are a couple of things to look at here as we start. The word they is important because we need to know who they refers to in this verse. The word they is in reference to the Antichrist, plural, of verse 18. There are only four words in the first part of this, this verse, but there are two elements we can explore here. Knowing who they refers to is one element, and knowing something about the fact that they went out from us is another element to think about, to understand, to ask questions about. We can ask why they, the Antichrist, plural, that were in the presence of true believers, why did they go out from the true believers in Christ? 
why would they go out from the local assemblies? These antichrists were members of the local church, but they were members in name only. They were not born into the family of God. They did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They had not put their faith in Jesus as Savior. But still, why did they go out from the churches they had infiltrated? Here in chapter 2 of the first epistle of John, verses 18 through 27, serve as a warning to true believers in Christ, a warning of false teachers in their midst who opposed Christ. How did they oppose Christ? By denying that Jesus is God. They did not consider Jesus to be a part of the Trinity. They denied Christ by claiming he did not appear in the flesh. They had no truth in them. They were antichrist, and they were, and they still are today, liars and deceivers. We still need to understand as best we can why they, the antichrist, went out from us, as the scripture reads here. The next part of verse 19 reads, and I will include what we have already read, they went out from us, but they were not of us. These false members of the local church or churches did not have love for the brethren. They did not experience this love. But since there was no obvious lack of purpose on their part to teach against the true Christ, no lack on their part to deceive new converts to the truths of Christianity, why did they go out? Why did they leave? So now let's read verse 19 yet again in its entirety. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. I'm going to read this again from the New International Version of the Bible, something I like to do and I think it serves to help with clarity. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. The going out of these antichrists demonstrated to the true believers that they, were, that they never belonged with them in the first place. Scripture does not tell us that these antichrists were cast out. Scripture says they went out. In that act of going out, the antichrist, the false teachers, were made manifest that they were not all of us. In other words, it was made clear to the true believers of Christ and to the Antichrist themselves as well that they were someplace they did not belong. These false teachers were deceivers and liars. It may be that after a period of time of working to undermine the truth of Jesus' Messiahship, their deceit just got a little too obvious and a lot uncomfortable. When you have a heart of hate and deceit, it can be impossible to mix successfully with people that have hope and love for Christ and each other in their hearts. So through whatever mechanism, it became obvious that the Antichrist must go out, must leave. And by doing this, they made manifest that they were not all of us. That is to say that they did not belong in the company of God's people. These Antichrists, plural, still come and go among Christians today. I wonder if today we can still recognize them. I wonder if they are still uncomfortable in the midst of Christians to the extent that they feel compelled to go out from us 
or if they have no reason to go out simply because Christians feel tolerant with deceivers and false teachers in their midst? I wonder. I know that if you and I do not keep ourselves in God's word, we might not be able to even recognize these antichrists that walk among us. We might not be able to discern that they are different from us at all. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 reads, and from the New International Version, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. We need a healthy knowledge of God's word in order to understand what is going on around us and right in front of us. Now let's look at 1 John chapter 2 verse 20, King James Version. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. But ye have an unction from the Holy One. We now look at the first part of this verse, but ye have an unction. U-N-C-T-I-O-N. This is not a word that is used commonly in everyday language. One doesn't normally go around saying something like, Hey Fred, how is your unction today? The word unction, for the purpose of understanding its meaning in this verse, is related to the word unguent, which means ointment. Unguent or ointment was used for one thing in the anointing ceremony for priests. As used in this verse that we are studying, the word unction refers to Christians being anointed by God's Holy Spirit. Alright, so what does it mean for a Christian to be anointed by God's Holy Spirit? This anointing is a spiritual eye balm and it strengthens and enlightens our understanding of God's Word. For example, the truth of God's Word does not mix with lies and deceit and falsehoods. They simply do not reside in harmony in each other's company. Those who know the truth of God's Word are able to understand, to see clearly, false teachings and lies that work so tirelessly to infiltrate God's unchanging Word. In this verse, the Holy Spirit is being compared to oil, to an ointment, just as the Holy Spirit is also compared to fire and water elsewhere in the Bible. We might note here that some Christians are more anointed than others. You and I can study and love God's Word together so that we might be a little more anointed rather than a little less anointed. But ye have an unction from the Holy One. The Holy One refers to the Holy Spirit or to Jesus. Let's take a look at the book of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Now the book of Revelation is a fantastic and wonderful and important book to read and to study and to understand as much as possible, but the reason for reading Revelation chapter 3 verse 7 now is so that we can take a look at the different names for Jesus. In the first epistle of John chapter 2 and verse 20 we are told that we have an unction from the Holy One. In the book of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7 Jesus is also referred to as He that is holy. This is no accident, rather it is an attestation to the truth and harmony that is woven throughout the fibers of Scripture from cover to cover. The last part of our study verse reads, And ye know all things. This refers to knowing all things that Christ taught his followers and still teaches us today through his word. 
from the book of John chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God Christians can be and Christians should be diligent in the study of God's word so as to know the difference between true Christian doctrine and the false teachings and deceit of the many antichrists at work against the truth of God's holy word. This will wrap things up in our study for now and I hope you will be with me for the next segment. Thank you.